I'm Megan Hale, and you're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a feel-good podcast on creating joy in life, work, and love. Join me every Monday and Thursday for practical tools that speak to the soul to create a life you love. It's Transformational Thursday, sisters. It's the first Transformational Thursday episode of 2017. So this feels all kind of juicy and exciting. And we're talking about, I think, a really powerful concept today, too, because we're talking about shifting the shoulds. And this is something that I first became aware of when I was in undergrad. And it's, it's funny how things hit you. <laughs> but I was, um, I was pulling an all-nighter. It was during finals week of my, I think, sophomore year of college. And I was pulling an all-nighter to get all these papers done. And I was like, oh, dreading writing this paper, writing this paper. I'm like, I really have to do this. I really have to do this. I really have to do this. And then for some reason, I said, what if I want to do this? And it was the first time that I had ever shifted a need to or a have to to a want to. And it completely changed the way that I approached this paper, brought a whole lot more pleasure into the process. And it was a really way more motivating way to work, <laughs> even though some, this wasn't something that I really wanted to do. So I've kind of carried this tool with me um, since then. So I'm going to share it with you today on how we shift a should or need to to a want to or love to. So where I want to start today is really talking about just this, this time of year, because I, I find that, you know, the new year has there's a lot of buzz around this time of year. I mean, I'm sure you've all felt it if you're on social media, there's all kinds of challenges going on. There's all kinds of events going on. You're probably getting all kinds of ads about getting the best shape of your life. And like a lot of people capitalize on this time of year because people are usually really motivated to make some big life changes, which is awesome. The problem is that we are notorious for setting all these goals and come the end of February or mid-March, it's like, yeah. <laughs> and we really kind of lose ourselves and we lose our momentum. And before we know it, you know, the whole rest of the year, it's like, what happened to your big goal? And we tend to give up because we realize that creating change is really hard. And it calls on us to dig deep in ways that are kind of uncomfortable. And I've found for me, there's a couple of things that are going on here. So first and foremost, um, I think the reason that we set really big goals for ourselves is because they make us feel better about who we're trying to become. And this isn't a bad thing. The time where I feel like it does turn a little bit negative is when we over-identify with who we want to become over who we already are. And so what happens with this, and I speak from experience, is that we tend to define our enoughness and who will be in the future, but not who we are right now. And so that really kind of discredits where we are in our life. And we're not really acknowledging how great we already are, how great our life already is. And so there's this really fine line of, of expanding into something more and something better. 
wanting more for ourselves, really sinking into that juicy, delicious desire, while also being really grateful and proud of where you are in the moment, okay? And so when we lack this acknowledgement or gratitude for where we are, we tend to like cram all these big things on our plate because we're like so much has to change, right? <laughs> we think we have to like overhaul our life and make these dramatic changes in order to be somebody better. The problem with this is though, is that we're not very good um, judges of how big this gap really is. We tend to have a very skewed perspective over how much needs to change for us to be where we want to be or who we want to be. So one of the things that I have found, um, I read a book maybe a couple of years ago. It's called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. He's the founder of Success Magazine. This guy's like super brilliant. And the book is all about how we can compound small, subtle shifts over time to create a totally different reality. So it's kind of the same concept of compounding interest with money, but we can compound behavior to totally shift the way that we're living our lives. And instead of focusing on like all of these big, grandiose goals, we really start to focus our attention on the small, subtle details moment by moment and staying committed to those over the long haul. Um, I just watched this video by Simon Sinek and he was talking about our culture is like so into instant gratification, right? And this is totally a problem because when we set a really big goal for ourselves and it's not happening fast enough, we tend to throw in the towel, say this isn't going to work. We don't give anything time to stick. We switch directions. And before you know it, you know, our progress that we were making towards that goal, like we never gave it a shot. Never gave a shot. Think about losing weight or getting in shape. Like it takes time to, to mold your body. It takes time to transform fat into muscle, right? And a lot of us give up because it's not happening quickly enough. And so we think that something must be wrong or worse, something must be wrong with us. And so we go on the search of like this easy button, the quick fix, the quick solution. And when it comes to creating success in our lives, you guys, it takes consistent action over time. The more consistent you are, the faster progress is. And I mean, I can, I can say this with all honesty of like watching some amazing female entrepreneurs that are, are good friends of mine. The way they're able to create success so quickly is they're are like super consistent, like way more consistent than I am. And I look up to them so much, but they have this down pat that they focus on the small, subtle shifts of, and doing those over time to create a different reality for ourselves, right? The second thing that happens when we set these really big lofty goals is that a lot of times we set uh, ourselves up for unrealistic expectations because we do not realize all the tiny things that have to shift in order to reach a goal. Okay, so I want you to like kind of imagine that your goal is to lose 50 pounds, which is one of my clients goals this year. And I have all faith in the world that she's going to do it because she's very aware of all the tiny little things that actually go into making that happen. She understands what kind of foundation she has to have, what kind of mindset she has to have, what kind of accountability she has to have. Um, all of the lifestyle changes that are going to go into making this dream a reality, right? And the other thing that she's doing, which I think is so wise, is she's not adding a whole lot more to her plate, 
okay? And one of the reasons that we get so bogged down in the shoulds anyway is because we're trying to do too much at once. And we only have like a certain amount of bandwidth. Okay, so if you have a really big goal, like losing 50 pounds, that's a huge goal. And you also have all of these other big goals on your plate too at the same time. Like we just can't spread ourselves that thin. And so what I have found to be really successful is to have three things on your plate at once. The power of three shows up in my life in so many different ways. Three is like so manageable for me. Um, you know, thinking three days at a time, for instance, instead of years like I used to. Um, <laughs> it's just so crazy that I used to think like that because it was so long ago. But thinking in shorter time frames, thinking, um, keeping a small plate allows us to really focus our energy and intentions. And so instead of spreading out our energy, we're actually learning to contain it. And there's this really beautiful quote by Marianne Williamson. I can't exactly remember how it goes, but it talks about how powerful it is for a woman to learn how to contain her own power. And I see this, you know, so clearly when it comes to goals, when we can really focus and contain our, our, contain our focus and our power on just a few things, like we become so much more efficient and effective at making those things a reality. One of the other reasons that I think we get bogged down in the shoulds is because we like the idea of something, but we don't like the work that that something takes. Because here's the reality, and um, uh, I'll have to link to the podcast episode, but um, Christina Guterres was talking about how dreams are sexy, but the work is not <laughs> because in the work lives our resistance, our self-doubt, our bad habits, the hurdles that really challenge us to flex our commitment muscles. And here's the thing. When we are caught up in the idea of something and we're not so open to the work that it's going to take to get there, and then we start doing the work and we're like, oh, this doesn't feel good. We're easy to let a dream go because we don't want to do the hard work that it's going to take to get there. And that's really unfortunate. Um, you know, dreaming and desiring and, you know, creating vision boards, like that's fun. That's super fun. <laughs> um, flexing the commitment muscles to make it all happen. Like that's where, you know, the rubber really meets the road and where we have to really get serious about how committed we are to create something different for ourselves. And that stuff is just not as glamorous. It's not. So one of the things I've been thinking about is, you know, when we get tied up in who we think will be when we arrive to something. So we, when we have this vision of this desire, right? We, we like the idea of this desire. We like the idea of how this is going to look in our lives. But we also get excited about who we're going to be when we do arrive to this dream or desire, okay? But the thing is, is that it's the journey that actually shifts us, not the destination. The, the doing the work is what creates this different person. Take this book that I'm writing, for example. Like, to have a book, to hold it in my hands is something that I'm like, ooh, this is so delicious. I'm going to be so proud of myself when I'm actually holding this living, breathing thing that I have wanted for so long. But guess what? Sitting down and, like, writing the book, like, actually doing it is not as much fun, 
It's not because I'm like, oh my gosh, because I'm, it's bringing up all my stuff, right? All my perfectionism, um, all of my, my own limitations of like, I don't have enough time to do this. All of my stuff comes up when I sit down to write. And that is not as much fun as thinking about holding this living, breathing thing. But the actual sitting down and writing and holding myself accountable, that's what's going to shift me not actually holding this book in my hands, right? So I think learning to find pleasure in the work that our desires require is the sweet spot. And we're shifting the should to or need to, to a love to, want to, will pay off big time, okay? Because here's the reality. Shoulds make us feel guilty, ashamed, and constrained. And this is the opening to a deep, dark rabbit hole of beating yourself up. Think about it. When you are sitting down to do something, you're like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. I shouldn't be goofing off right now. What you're really doing is you're, you're, you're telling yourself that you're not, you're not good and that you should be doing something better, that you should be enjoying this more, right? But think about this from a, from a different perspective. When you want to do something, you start to tap into desire. And desire... How does it feel for you? For me, it feels freeing. I feel lit up. I feel pleasure. And so we might not want to sit down and do said task, but what we do want is where that task will take us. And so can you challenge yourself to be disciplined to the end goal? Can you challenge yourself to cultivate pleasure and excitement in the work itself? Here's a way that this has shown up in my own life. Um, A couple of years ago when my life was a lot simpler before I had a baby, (laughs) um, I used to get up at 5.30 every morning and go to the gym before work. And I would get there at 5.45, I'd work out for an hour, I'd come home. I mean, I was super regimented, right? And there were many mornings where my alarm would go off and be like, I do not want to go to the gym. And I would play this game with myself of would you rather. And the would you rather game goes a little something like this. Would you rather sleep 30 extra minutes and wish you would have gone to the gym all day? Or would you rather get up, go to the gym, and be proud of yourself for the rest of the day? I would really like kind of play with my mind a little bit on this. And more times than not, I would choose the, well, I guess I would rather go to the gym and feel proud of myself for the rest of the day. And so that's a little bit of a motivational interviewing tip for you to play would you rather when you get stuck in that, I don't really want to do this. And so the same goes for my book, right? Like, I don't really want to sit down and write. There's so many other things that I need to be doing. But would you rather sit down and write and know that you're making progress on a lifelong dream that you have held forever and ever and is one of the most important things that's going to make you feel so incredibly proud when you actually complete it? Not to mention that you know that this book is going to help so many women heal their relationships with themselves, with others, with God and their dreams. Or would you rather keep postponing it and really beating yourself up about it? When I play the game, would you rather, it really becomes quite clear what I would rather do. And so what I'm doing is I'm starting to shift this thing, this should, into a, no, I really want to do that. I would actually love to do that. And so that shifts the internal experience that I'm having, this internal response that I'm having to this task to really 
tapping into desire for myself and motivation. And once those things start spinning, now I am starting to feel inspired. And inspiration is one of the most ooh, just gooey things to work from. And so learning how to cultivate inspiration for yourself and motivation, I mean, these are huge, huge things for helping us reach our goals. And that is totally different place to work from than a should to or need to or have to that kind of feels like you're trucking through mud, right? So the last thing that I want to cover tonight or today is, you know, knowing when it's your should versus someone else's, okay? Because I think that this is a big one. So I, from my experience, someone else's should usually has a tinge of comparison involved or there's someone else's voice in your head, which generally means that these are old rules that might stress you out, make you feel like you're beating your head against the wall. <laughs> you might feel constrained or motivated by not enough, or you might see this should as um, some answer that if you can just get there, do that or be that, then you will be enough or you will be okay. And what I notice from my own personal journey here is when I'm living by somebody else's should, um, I almost feel like there's this part of me that's this shaming adult and saying, you're being a naughty little girl because you're not doing it that way. You should be doing it this way. That kind of clues me in. Like when I'm shaming myself, that is somebody else's should, okay? And it has a very specific quality to it. Um, I think we all know when we're shaming ourselves, we're kind of like belittling ourselves, we're, we're shrinking, we're kind of talking shit to ourselves, honestly. But when it's your should, when it's your should, for me, this is, this is totally different because I know what I, what I want to do and it's in line with my desires. So when I say you should be doing this, the answer is like, yeah, you're right. I know I should be. And so make that action change. Align yourself with what you really should be doing in order to reach your goals. The conversation, the inner dialogue has some, a different quality to it. Instead of shaming, it's like, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I do need to be doing this. And then you can jumpstart on actually doing it. Here's another way of knowing if you're listening to somebody else's should. One key question to ask yourself is, what would it feel like if I let go of this should? What would it be like if I didn't do it this way, for instance? What would it feel like to wait? Generally, when we are following somebody else's blueprint or even our ego's blueprint for what our ego thinks that we need to do in order to be enough, and it's pushing and it's forcing, it has this really kind of like, um, like slave driver whip behind us kind of feeling that that's how it is for me. Like I definitely feel a lot more stress and pressure and needing to prove something to someone or maybe even to myself. And I'm going to do this come hell or high water. Like I get really like pig headed about it almost. And the minute I say, what would it be like if you just didn't do that? How would that feel? And if there is like a freeing quality after that of like, I feel my body start to relax, like my chest starts to expand, my lungs feel a lot clearer, my head starts to feel lighter. And like, I just, there's a sense of peace that washes over me. It's like, oh man, that feels so much better. 
there, there's your answer. <laughs> and we always have that answer. So if you feel like you're getting bogged down with should, you know, one of the things that I would first question you is, is this your should or somebody else's? And really digging in here. And then also, you know, thinking about what would it be like if I shifted this should to a want to or I would love to. And the only time that, a, that you're going to really be able to do that is if it's your should to begin with, right? Because if you're trying to love or want to do somebody else's should, you're not going to really feel all in about it. So this isn't really, it's kind of abstract. And I hope that I'm explaining it well. Um, but when you're really living by your own shoulds, you know you know what goals you want to reach, which ones are really important to you instead of just your ego or trying to please somebody else or, you know, seek somebody else's approval. And I think spending some time here is really, really important. So just to summarize, you guys, when it comes to shifting shoulds, be aware of how many goals you have on your plate first and foremost. How much goes into making each one of those goals a reality by getting clear on the small, subtle shifts that need to happen over time? And P.S., read the compound effect. If you want any more perspective on that, Darren Hardy is amazing. Remind yourself that it's the journey of pursuing a goal that makes you who you want to be, not the destination itself, which means that the journey is what gives us our wisdom for reaching even more goals in the future because we learn about ourselves. We learn about our hangouts. We learn about our pitfalls. We learn about how to shift out of, of the negative the negative stuff to reclaim our inspiration and our motivation again. And this is huge, especially when you're living a creative life. Knowing the difference between your shoulds and someone else's, playing the would you rather game for a little bit of motivational inspiration. And finally, shifting a should or need to, should do or need to, to a want to or a love to when it comes to doing the task that will ultimately help you reach your true desire, okay? This is so transformative, so transformative helping you reach your dreams. I believe in you and the dreams that you have. It's all about shifting your daily behavior, the small, subtle things on a day-to-day -day basis, even a moment-to-moment -moment basis to making them happen. So I will see you guys in a couple of days for another Motivational Monday. Have a rockin' weekend, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.